0: Okay, uh, this is weird. This is a weird one. Um, let's see if I can get the energy right. Hello, internet. Uh, welcome to episode 215 of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast, recorded on February 26th, uh, 2023. I I'm over at Ryan's because my place is out, uh, without water. I, I it was without power. I touched warm water for the first time in 36 hours, like three minutes ago. It, it was delightful. Uh, Small blessings. Uh, Yeah, yeah. uh, Don't take things for granted, Americans. It's actually not true. and uh, Andrew's lying. He took a shower
1: this morning using leftover coffee water is the way he phrased it. Oh, my God. Okay, Um... so
0: I boil water in a kettle to do press coffee because I'm a fancy bitch. And, like, there was some leftover. and I'm like, well, do I take a cold shower? Thankfully, my apartment still has water, but it's cold. Uh, or, like, do I just, well, okay, so like, settle this. Uh, what gets you clean more? Like, cold water that has pressure or hot water with no pressure? Hot water that's just whoa, like a drip. So, wait, wait, ho-
2: hold on. <laughs> Did you,
0: are you telling me that you boiled water in like an electric kettle and then poured it on yourself? <laughs> uh, almost a gas stove. I know under no circumstances do you have to give it to them, but Republicans latest hill to die on is actually doing me a solid right now. But also, yeah, you just poured it. That's, that's why I think you'd get
1: cleaner with the cold showers because there's yes. no way you properly used enough water to get it in a little kettle like this is just not enough yeah, water take I, a shower you need a you need that's a not a shower.
2: shower lucas you that you that that's the equivalent of like getting done with a run and like pouring a bottle of water on your head to cool off <laughs> it, it doesn't
0: get you clean it gets you wet
1: yeah
0: that's it well, i was wet and i used soap i used shampoo and like then i rinsed it out that's a shower. No. Okay. I was in the shower.
2: I think what this should show to us is that if we're ever faced with any sort of apocalyptic scenario, a la The Last of Us, just the overwhelming majority of us are not going to make it. Not because they don't have the combat skills to fight off zombies or, you know, whatever, which there's that too. But The prospect of going two days without a hot shower is enough to break people
1: now. And just that's not going to be a thing in that scenario. I've always said that to Angel. I was like, I will go anywhere and do anything as long as at the end of the day, I get a nice bed and a shower. Like I, I will get as dirty as humanly possible. I don't care at all as long as I can wash it off and sleep in a nice bed.
0: But yeah, take those away from
1: me. (laughs) Nothing's going to be rough. I, with, your
0: epo- with your post-apocalyptic faction about neo-fascism, you got a bed in the shower. All right, here we go. That—that that is what neo-fascists
2: would probably be best at—is yeah. running infrastructure in that sort of scenario.
1: Right. No, exactly. I, I look. i I'd, I'd see what the God. What are the what are the washington people from oh the wolves the,
2: w- yeah, the wlf yeah I'd, I'd,
1: I'd see what they got going on if, it seemed like they lived pretty nice <laughs> they, had a, they had a nice i don't know
0: you also get yoked yeah absolutely yeah rare. they have enough
1: steroids to get yeah. that sounds great thriving better shape than i ever was in the, in the real world they'll be like oh yeah what was your job were you like a I don't know, a fucking welder or an oil rig worker. Like, oh, no, I stared at Excel sheets for nine hours a day. The
2: apocalypse freed me of societal norms. Yeah. I now can take steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, come on.
1: Are you pretending that if you were offered steroids in the literal apocalypse, you wouldn't do them? Like... <laughs> no, of
2: course. Well, I mean, I, I think so. Like, I don't know I what would. sort of medical treatment you need to do it safely. That's probably
1: not available. But no yeah, yeah absolutely. Fucking it. lootly yeah it's the apocalypse you know what's you know what's giving you safety is the gigantic muscles that you built yeah i know
2: i'm probably going to die within the next three years anyway right
1: exactly when you're talking about long-term effects like who gives a shit we're all dead the second we become oh you
2: can't drink those old water bottles they'll give you cancer yeah oh
1: oh well whoop de doo yeah cancer sounds great like (laughs) i'll just kill myself (laughs) awesome I
0: I won't have to go out screaming at the end of an excuse. pickaxe. Oh, well, I have cancer in the apocalypse? Cool. I guess the mustache guy from Parks and Rec is going to do a very adorable uh, suicide with me and we'll die in each other's arms. Fantastic.
2: I mean, yeah. Oh, you mean we're going to do a better
1: Romeo and Juliet? Cool. (laughs) They're just going to literally... There's just people in the apocalypse that roam around looking for people with cancer so that they can do a murder suicide, but like a good one. <laughs> like that's 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 all they do. They just yeah, want to be actually, nice
2: actually, my religion states that I can't die until I kill someone who is dying. Right. And until end their mercy. suffering.
1: Yeah. Your your religion well, you know, like a lot of religions, like the Catholics and stuff, they've got some opinions on euthanasia. Your religion is entirely based on how euthanasia is necessary in order to get to heaven. Like it is mm-hmm. the core component of your religion. Andrew was
2: a outstanding member of society, charitable, uh, saved multiple people on multiple occasions. Unfortunately, uh, he did never shoot a dying old man yeah. in the head. So Andrew's going to hell. Right.
0: And this, Andrew Clark, is also going to tell us what he thinks of the XFL season. How you boys, I, the Defenders, doing, Andrew?
2: Um, I, oh, I feel really bad about this. I have not watched any XFL
1: yet. I always plan to, wow. and then huh. I just never do. You didn't watch AJ McCarron tear it up and then oh, give a tearful gosh. speech about how, like, yeah, I could probably be a backup, but this is way more fun. <laughs> That's kind of cool.
2: I saw that uh, Brett right. Hundley went
1: in for the Vipers. Oh, really? Over the weekend. Yeah. You do okay? Uh, I don't know. I remember when he was promising, and we were like, wait, could we get like a fourth rounder for him? No. We spent too much? Yeah. I, I can't even find scores and stats. Oh, God. That's not a great sign for the XFL. Uh, player stats. Passing. Yeah, what, what's Brett Hundley's passer rating in the XFL um
2: okay he's 11 for 18 mm-hmm. for 98 yards Ooh, it's rough no touchdowns. touchdowns no picks mm-hmm. i think he i think he win it he like he went in in the second half i think their other starter got benched He had
1: a qb controversy
0: okay oh, yeah. yeah, he, wait he's the backup wait, in the are XFL. They run- he he are was
2: they- he was the backup oh, to God.
0: uh luis perez Never Ooh, got benched. Oh, yeah. I, I was desperately I... hoping an XFL team was running a dual QB system.
2: Well, the fucking are these the Guardians? Uh, I've had three quarterbacks with stats.
1: Damn. Um, that's rough. It sounds like Hunley's a game manager in the XFL as a backup QB. Bre- <laughs> uh, Brett Hunley is Taylor Heineke in the XFL, <laughs> which is real
0: sad. <laughs> real real sad yeah it brings a great energy to the locker room right now ask that on a team
1: i will say that like any stat that a quarterback can put up in the xfl is slightly more impressive because the biggest position shortage that they have is offensive linemen like that that Mm. is far and away their weakest position group is offensive linemen so like like it's much easier to be a pass rusher like to be like an okay pass rusher who couldn't quite make an nfl roster versus like an okay offensive line because anyone who's at all decent is on an NFL team. Like yeah, because they're they're some, hard to find. There's some dog shit people like on an NFL those, team.
0: And like that is uh I don't think that is the most injured position, but that's up there. It's up there. So, for
1: yeah. Injuries.
0: yeah, you're gonna have dudes just hanging around as like practice squad on the off chance. A of coach is like, I mean, you're a good dude. Yeah, get in there. We need somebody to fill a slot, right? Yeah, or I mean, there's like, plenty of day.
2: NFL teams out there that have like 10 or 11 offensive linemen on their roster and then practice squad guys. Yeah.
1: So anyone who's has any talent whatsoever Mm -hmm. is already in the NFL. Like there is, there is no one left. It is completely empty. Yeah. These are
2: guys who were bad in college.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, we're literally getting to like low tier starters in college. I played four years in high school. Varsity. Yeah. Dude, I was a freshman on varsity. Yeah, sure, I was six four, so I'm automatically on <laughs> yeah. the team. But
2: I was two hundred and thirty pounds yeah. playing left tackle.
0: Oh, literal big fish in a small pond situation. That yeah. was just a regular sized fish in a regular pond.
1: Yeah, these are uh, these are, are the
0: small fish in a small pond now. Uh, speaking of talent, uh, Ryan Ryan Holtz, fellow TikTok creator. Can any trivia app host live up to the legend that is Scott Rogowski?
1: I had a weird connection to Scott Rogowski and I can't remember what it was. I think it was one of my coworkers ah uh, I think my one of my coworkers sister was his roommate in college or something. Like something insane and like I heard a lot about him and they were just like, "Oh yeah, apparently he's doing this app. Let's try it." And we all did huh. it and that's when we you guys remember my days of being a HQ trivia, Yeah, like actually like going for it, and won... I don't remember how many we ended up winning. Maybe like a dozen? I think we won like 12 games of HQ trivia at the end of the day. Made made like maybe 15, 20 bucks.
0: Uh, I am bringing this up because TikTok is trying to do their own I've trivia. It's It ain't it, chief.
1: Yeah? It's I'm not. so annoyed by the stupid pop-up. I have to hit X on yeah. every time I open the
0: app. I... So I actually got into a game. I actually signed into it uh accidentally. And uh, then like when you try to leave it, it gives you the notification of hey, dude, if you if you fucking leave right now, you're out of this money, man. Like you're you're throwing a check away, basically. So I hung around for like 10 minutes while I was cooking dinner. you Lucas got strong armed by a push notification. <laughs> basically, like it hadn't started yet. They had not started doing the trivia thing, which on top of the host being, no shade, but on top of the host being kind of, eh, it, like, it's going on way too long for what they're trying to do here. The thing about HQ Trivia that was fantastic was, oh, cool. This is a twice a week cultural moment that, boom, in, out, 10 minutes twice a day. No, it was it twice was a, day. a day. It was it
2: like 11 a.m. and then like 7
0: oh, at that's or something. Right. Twice a
1: day, every weekday
0: still bang boom in and out love that
1: now they only give you three multiple choice answers so if you're doing it with a partner each of you can google one answer and then if neither of you get it it's the third one (laughs) (laughs) what wait what did we did we totally just google every single thing and get it right yeah absolutely real money was at stake we weren't playing a game we were trying to win money (laughs) When The Rock came on and was giving away a million dollars, so you gonna pretend that we're not gonna try to actually win? Was that for the skyscraper movie? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Both. It was great. Mm. I had fun. I think we got pretty far. I think we, <laughs> I think we were only a couple of questions
0: away from winning. Good times had by all. Yeah. And speaking of good times, all that glitters is me, Lucas DeRyder. I am now gold rank in Overwatch Two. Uh, and we'll answer any and all questions at this time. Oh, Lucas, how do you have such an amazing life? <laughs> um, uh, God, yeah, mostly. Uh, God. staying out of my way, you know. Mm. Oh, not, yeah. Yeah. not,
2: uh, not, not God. It's no. the lack
0: thereof. Yeah, you God know? just didn't hold you back. God was just like, you know what, this guy's got it, and I'm like, yeah, I fucking bet I got it you watch yourself you stay back man yeah watch I'm out my thing you yeah,
1: know what's god's rank in overwatch 2 i silver <laughs> 2 not... yeah you know god just can't crack that glass ceiling just wallowing away a little bit what's, what's god's biggest weakness is he just not great on the sticks like what's what's holding him back um
0: he he hasn't learned the comp honestly mm. you know god playing dps and it's just like well i heard snipers are good in this game so i guess i'll be sniper all the time and right. it's like Hey man, we already got a Hanzo and an Anna. You don't need to roll in here as a Widowmaker. That's not. Yeah. That's not helpful. Your the comp. Mm.
1: God literally reads one forum post and bases his entire game experience off of it.
0: Yeah, uh, you know I will. Type. I will say though, the biggest difference between gold matches and silver matches so far is that games have weird endings now. Like in silvers and overwatch and in quick play too, I think that like uh actually this doesn't work quick uh quick play, but whatever. Like if you if your team gets like an objective all the way to the finish line in a push match, like oh you know that you won. Like you just have to like stall out the other team uh when it flips. But in gold, like, no, that if you get it like halfway there, like you got a reasonable chance of winning now. Like the The skill sets are a lot closer in gold than in silver, I think. And that's making matches uh, play out in some less typical ways than what I'm used to seeing. And uh, that's fun. That's interesting. I think I'm going to stop playing now, though, because I think I've lost. Like, I've had a great streak when I first got to gold. I won, like, five out of six, got bumped up to gold four. I'm going on to lose, like, maybe four in a row. Damn. So I think mm. I'm about to de-rank no matter how these next couple matches go of those Le- four. What what
1: how many of them do you, would you say you played a significant role in losing?
0: Um
1: and how do you even gauge that as a healer? How do you even tell that like
0: yeah, I was the one that held us back this game? Uh amount healed and then kills and assists versus deaths. I And like yeah, I've realized this more like as a support player. uh, If the people around me are better, that just means by default I do better. But um, I maybe I was off. Maybe it was weird. Maybe my tank wasn't doing well. But yeah, no, I just had a dog shit match as a mercy. uh, Worst on the board of any healer, and uh, that one was me. That that L is uh, around my clavicle. But yeah, no, the other ones people people playing sloppy. I still just feel like that's my biggest
1: hurdle with Overwatch 2 is the fact that I just genuinely don't understand the difference between doing good and doing poorly. Like it just yeah. It just seems completely divorced from any action that I take myself. I I do good because it seems like my teammates are doing good and it seems and like the something other thing else is happens. Bad. Yeah. And then sometimes I do bad and it's because my teammates seem to be doing bad and the other team seems to be doing good and I just don't get that whereas like battlefield call of Duty, and like any other shooter it's like oh yeah i died there and then we weren't able to take the point because of it or like oh yeah we didn't spawn into that tank at the right time and the tank
0: blew up and now we lost the point like i don't know i i don't know if this is a very helpful point of comparison but i have noticed that hero shooters have a little bit more of like a fighting game rhythm to them rather than an fps where like Okay, cool. So now the other team is going to do well for a little bit until we can recover or get back into position or charge our ults and not have them have three of theirs go off at the same time. So it is a little there are more exchanges, I think hmm. than uh, in like a yeah, something like Call of Duty is something like Team Deathmatch but uh, yeah, I don't have a great feel for that rhythm either. <laughs> uh, speaking of Call of Duty though it's coming to Nintendo consoles, somehow? And Microsoft is waving around a sheet of paper that makes it seem like this is definitely going to happen? <laughs> so, I... They they said that it was a 10-year
2: deal. My understanding is that it's not that Call of Duty is going to come to Nintendo for the next 10 years. It's that within the next 10 years, Call of Duty will come to Nintendo Is something in the language of that contract stating that Nintendo has to make a device that can actually play
0: it? I think what... No, I don't believe so. And I think what is going to happen here is, like... Remember in the Wii, Wii U era of Nintendo consoles where, like... Ah, maybe this is more GameCube and Wii. Where there were, like, versions of Call of Duty games coming to Nintendo consoles or, like... I look.
2: I looked it up. It specifically said, like concurrently with Xbox. Mm. Mm.
1: I don't yeah, think this is going to work. No, it's not. Well, when it says consoles, what does does that mean? Like just the Switch and the LED Switch and the Switch Light? Like what is? What does that
0: mean, console? I imagine, like, they're d- whatever the current version of the hardware is, because I imagine Nintendo is going to release a new console some point in this 10 year period, and then Call of Duty games will be obligated to come out on that. Um, hmm. This is all a part of, like, the weird uh, condolences being made by Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard. Uh, and famously, Sony has not signed on for this deal with. Uh, which Microsoft PR is doing some weird stunts on social media to, I don't know, try to turn that L into a W? But it's, I I have no idea how this is going to work. I love it. Hey,
1: once you're done with your, uh, God Animal Crossing village, you can go, I don't know, fucking slaughter people and hone some out. noobs. Yeah, and play DMZ. Hey, there it is. Why not?
0: This is how we get Animal Crossing skins in Warzone.
1: Yeah.
2: This is how we get Warzone skins in Animal Crossing. That too.
0: I wanted an Isabel Trinket hanging off of my M5.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And then speaking of Sony, there was a state of play that was... Bad. I guess the PlayStation VR2 came out last week. So there were a lot of games focusing on that. Uh that I don't think anyone's gonna buy. Um also rhythm visual novel game Goodbye Volcano High will be out in June. Uh that one's anticipated among certain circles. There's a Boruto game coming out. I don't think anyone wants that. I don't think anyone needs that. There's a new RE4 trailer, uh, and then some Street Fighter VI goodness cammy's allowed to wear pants now that's great that's progress that's good women can wear pants in video games now guys who's cammy uh the one in the green one? leotard no that's, no, that's uh Resident evil 4 oh okay not Foglands. not green hell uh the one in the green uh leotard usually with most of her ass out oh yeah now she wears pants she wears pants whoa Progress.
1: PlayStation's March games. Oh, yeah. Battlefield 2042. Forgot about that. Uh, mm-hmm, Battlefield yeah. 2042. Now free. Hey, the all-time finesse was when I accidentally got shipped a game, even though I canceled my order um, and bought it, a physical copy, and then sold that on Facebook Marketplace for...
0: That's right. Like
1: ...40 bucks. And, yeah, I was like, wow, I really got shafted there because everyone hates this game. And it turned out, no, the game would be free in mm. less than a year. So I, I made out. Yeah. It was
0: you who did the shafting. Yeah. Oh, I'm the one who shipper. shafts.
1: Yeah. I saw a fucking drop shipper at the grocery store today. Yeah. He was digging through the clearance section and there was a shelf stocker talking to him. And he was just like, yeah, I'm like an Amazon authorized seller. So like I... I'm like looking for like certain products that Amazon is short on, and I'll I'll bring them and I'll sell them at an upcharge on Amazon. Over here. just <laughs> buying it at the grocery store and then just selling it on Amazon for an like upcharge. what? What were the items like? I can't remember what he was looking at. It maybe it was like some fucking candles or some shit. I don't know. Oh, it dude. was weird, but yeah, he was looking at the clearance rack and just like digging through. I was just like, damn, is that a is that that's an Andrew the, Tate
2: stand right there? Like is that's that, not a sustainable business model. I'm gonna go buy 10 of these things and then sell them for a little bit of profit. Like you can't
0: Who knows what he's, what the profit is that oh he's oh my god. My yeah, God, he's he, a part of a team of two dozen people running this op all over the city. Yeah, who knows oh what's going
1: on. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, that just shocked me. I was like, I always thought drop shipping was on entirely on like aliexpress and like chinese yeah websites but no no you can just go to your local grocery store in the clearance section i don't know wild
0: you're doing okay capitalism you don't seem to be doing okay no between this and the uh regulation avoidable chemical spills right yeah um Although you know what we 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 roast capitalism a lot on this podcast, maybe we should do the same for uh, communism. Have you all seen any of the discourse around Atomic Heart? Literally, okay. Clicking, I I saw a couple of people
2: make vague like allusions to it,
0: but I I don't know what any of it is. So the pitch of this game is that this is a. Developed by a Russia team, a team based in Russia, Uh, they have made what is essentially Bioshock, but taking place like in Russia and influenced by Russian culture. So instead of being a send-up of uh, like Randian political ideologies in the first two Bioshock games and like uh, American conservatism, racism in Bioshock Infinite, this is just. Yeah, what if the Russian-Soviet Union-Communist ut- uh, utopia did happen, and it sucks? So, nobody's really sure if this game is pro- or con-Communism, uh, or if, like, this game is uh, anti-Ukraine or not. Hmm. Mm.
1: I've never played it. I mean, does it seem like... Is there any nods at all to the fact that there's a... There's a like Ukraine element to it.
0: I only, only if you dig deep, only if you start doing some tinfoil hat stuff, only if you're like, well, the sex robots in the game have a similar haircut to the former Ukrainian prime minister. And it's like, wow. Yeah. That, that's man, that's kind of a reach.
1: Like, yeah. Grasping straws. I mean, we all know that like Eastern Europe game devs are like a big thing. So yeah, like they just, yeah. Sounds like just a game studio in Russia made a game about Russia. And now people are like, wait, but Russia's bad. And it's like I, the people in Russia are, are just Russian. Related. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're they're humans. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the fact that this is a, yeah, pretty much entirely white male development team based in Russia has a lot of that weird strain of conservatives who are like, I mean, Russia is defender of tradi- uh, traditional Western values. We have to support this game. It's like they are coming out of the woodwork for this in some wild ways <laughs> right I mean I don't know
1: it's is it saying that some have argued that depicting a successful version of the Soviet Union is an
0: abject moral wrong ooh oh so it does end huh we have a complicated situation now yeah Andrew
1: do you have like an actual version of Zoom or using the free Zoom? um oh i'm i'm using free zoom me too oh boy so why is it why is
2: it ending it's
0: about um, to end yeah unless we upgrade to pro which we cannot do what
2: i don't understand this has never happened before uh, lucas
1: has lucas uses his work account oh
2: oh boy oh boy
1: Listeners,
0: um, you're getting some live action here. okay no let's uh, let
2: we can
1: do this we can do this we got nine minutes let's fucking do this So wait, how long does it... We get 40 minutes? Oh. So that means when we switch to Andrew's, we're going to... Get 40 more minutes. we will be
0: fine. Yeah. And then, Andrew, you will also have to record and download the episode and then uh, send it to me. I can stitch it together. I can fix it in post. Okay. It'll be fine.
1: Yeah. I don't know. But doesn't it say... Doesn't it seem like it's a dystopian version of the Soviet Union?
0: Yeah. Like, there are literal, like...
1: I see this robot with, like, a sickle and blood and it's like trying to kill you it doesn't seem so, like it's super pro soviet
0: union and they're like so, literal, uh, go ahead andrew
2: i i a, a long time ago i thought this game looked pretty cool and i was kind of interested in it and since then my interest has fallen off um the plot of the game is that it's like the soviet union became a utopia which has robots doing all of the work it's like a post labor empire and then like you're at this unveiling of the next stage of the robots and like a glitch happens and it kills everybody and you're trying to shut it down or something um so so that's it's like an alternate history soviet union that like became super mechanized and then went haywire so that that's what's going on in this game um and then some other like i don't think there's any sort of rest-of-the-world shit going on. I think it's just in this one part of Russia is where the game takes place. So I don't know if it really gets into the merits of communism or the fight against capitalism or anything like that, but I haven't played it, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's my understanding that, no, this is just, yeah, kind of a send-up of, like, this uh, culture, this kind of ideology that was really big 40 years ago, similar to... What the first two Bioshock games did with uh uh what is the Ayn Rand thing called? Objectivism? Is that the made-up ideology they create? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're doing I, I don't think there are any comments on like world politics and relationships there. This is just a group of people who kind of grew up in the shadow of this uh government system failing and making uh media, making art about it and I don't know, by all accounts, this is just, like, a pretty mixed bag of a Bioshock clone. So it's, yeah, it's not even maybe good enough to be having some of the conversations that are taking place around it. Yeah. Well, like, I'm sure that
1: some of the game devs are, yeah, probably in support of the Russian invasion of Ukraine because they're Russian citizens. Right. They've been brainwashed by propaganda and, like... Some of them are gonna be, yeah, pro the state, like yeah, same way. A lot of a lot
2: of people cheered when we bombed Baghdad, and right, yeah. How many Call of
1: Duty devs are were were supportive of Bush in the war on terror? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's it's just a thing. That's what's gonna happen with these types of games. And
0: if you don't want to buy it, that's fair. Like, don't do it. I'm not gonna. i Doesn't sound good. (laughs) I guess there is some adjacent stuff about how maybe buying this game will uh, send money to Russian oligarchs, but also like guys, like terrible people in the US make money from games that you buy made by US developers. Like, it's not... Mm
1: -hmm. There's no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism. I don't know how often we have to repeat this mantra, but like guys, I get it. We can speak with our wallets, but also... There's not going to be anything to buy, <laughs> like literally. Yeah,
2: the the alternative Absolutely. is to create another society. And whether that is through like making a commune and getting away from everyone else or staging a revolution, those are really your only two options besides just living in the society that we have right now and maybe not being happy
1: about it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe throwing throwing fits on Twitter, but I don't think that you should condemn people for buying stuff (laughs) like
0: yeah it's just it's impossible it's literally impossible no what you got to do is start a commune have your uh, emotionally weird wife point out that that literally makes you a communist and then be super isolationist about it in a way that's wait what what are your politics here the last Wait, what are your values
2: We've created the perfect society and we will kill anyone that tries to be a part of
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That's that's last of us part three, right? That's when Jackson's gonna fall or
0: whatever. I don't know. No, I'm curious. We will see. Uh that's all I have for news and la- oh wait, no. Uh the founder of R slash Wall Street Bets is suing Reddit. For removing him from the forum a year prior to the GameStonks event, uh, now that multimedia projects are in the works, he's claiming that he's lost money due to Reddit's actions. Damn! Can we mm. summer, Do we have thoughts and feelings we can express in four minutes on this? <laughs> I
2: I can understand someone's frustration to be like part of something, and then as soon as you're gone, something big happens and you lose out on the opportunity to be a part of it. But you didn't have anything to do with it. So why so it's kind of like, I don't know, I I would have been a part of this thing if I wasn't not part of this thing. And then also like, hey, this big shit went down after you left. Maybe there's a reason. Right. Maybe maybe you're holding him back. I
1: don't know. Well, if he was trying to enrich himself, then yeah, I'm sure he was sure he was having fun. (laughs) I'm sure he was doing some some weird shit.
0: Uh, yeah his entire case uh, this redditor's entire case rests on him having the moral high ground actually and him being slighted in any kind of way which buddy I have a hard time believing a redditor did not do something to get to merit being banned on a forum yeah
2: I don't know Yeah, Yeah, have fun talking about that in court
0: Yeah. yeah it's all a scam no, I was ironically using these Pepe memes. I, I'm not. I'm not about that. Yeah. All, All right. right. Two and a half but, minutes. This is the weird zone. Well,
2: it's probably I don't know how how fast can you talk about JoJo's uh, <laughs> <and> Fire Emblem? <laughs> and she's not i Not fast enough. Him
0: through. Okay, then we should probably just switch over, right? I think we pause and then jump into yours, yes. And we're back, just in time to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 9, The JoJo Lands. Uh, the weirdest thing about this is that COVID is real in the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure universe, which doesn't doesn't seem right. In a world with vampires and magic breathing to kill vampires and ghost people that kind of replace the magic breathing. Uh, I didn't think COVID would be a thing, but here we are. What year does it take place? Uh, essentially now, like vaguely. like. Uh... What if
1: it was just like like 1864? Yeah. And literal COVID comes yeah. in. COVID-19, the they... novel coronavirus. And they have to develop Zoom. <laughs> before computers so that the printing press can keep running they develop no stuff. they're like they're
2: doing school via uh remote learning
1: what, and what what's it called
2: um where you, where you use morse code oh telegram yes. telegram yeah nice. school via telegram
1: i think they just literally invent a video chat service without the internet and without Mm -hmm. any modern computers. They somehow found a way. It's like, oh, if we use this mimeograph and reverse the crank and wire it directly to our telephone line, it looks like we can get a a crude video image and kids can go to school.
0: Jojo, stop. R, stop. (laughs) You, stop. Approaching, stop. Me, stop. (laughs) I don't think that's how telegraphs. Speak. No, I thought that was a thing. Like, you had to do stop after every word. <laughs> exactly not
2: after every, every word. Sentence. It's, yeah. Oh.
0: Right? It's a sentence thing. All right. Do I remember a paragraph of dialogue from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Now, probably not. All right. One. Um, yeah, no, uh, outside of that, it takes place in Hawaii, which I think is fun that this is another JoJo explicitly taking place in America. Um. This opens with... I can't believe I'm saying this like a really good depiction of the problems with policing and specifically American policing in a manga. That is just not a thing. Like this opens with like the main Jojo uh, of this part, Jodeo and uh, his gender non-conforming brother being pulled over. Uh, the police officer sees that uh, Jojo's brother like is just, uh, it's not specified yet, but just not white. And so the police officer is kind of like, oh, so I can do whatever I want. And then it's revealed that, like, JoJo's brother is both non-white and a part of the LGBTQ community. And then the cop is like, oh, I can really do whatever I want now. And then they beat the shit out of them and light a cop car on fire and go deal drugs and be gay, do crimes. And, like that's fucking phenomenal like that is cool like politically great shit in my opinion but then the jojo's name is Jodio, which is literally a smash-up of a good guy name and a bad guy name and that's how you know he's going to be morally gray and like (laughs) it's so stupid but also fantastic i no one else does it like this what,
1: what drugs do they deal, Lucas?
0: Uh, They're in little baggies, so I'm mm. thinking that's either heroin or possibly marijuana. It's in black and oh. white, so it's hard to tell. The heroin and marijuana are not similar, not similar drugs. You know? They look the same at all. Or I, we'll, have any sort of similar effects. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get an official color version in like a year and a half, and I was then gonna we'll say, find this, out. This is in black and white? Yes. Why? Because that's what manga is. Jim Black and White. This isn't manga. This is this is anime now, right? No, this is the manga. Part oh, nine is the, this is the manga release. I apologize for not specifying. Oh uh, yeah, I thought this was I no, this is anime. No, no, no. Okay, we we got a while before we get to. We still got to do the cowboy part and then the weird memory mystery part before we get to the drug dealer part. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I feel like morally gray. You got to draw the line. Where 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 do you draw the line? Because it's not it's not weed obviously if you're a weed dealer or whatever yeah but like i don't know getting into like heroin and meth and stuff i feel like the line has kind of been crossed you're not you're, you're getting pretty dark gray there like you're
0: you are ruining people's lives that's that's <laughs> kind of what you're doing uh d- d- yeah potentially um but like yeah i think this jojo is pretty morally gray because it literally opens with hey what up my name is jodeo uh this is the story of how I became a multi-millionaire. Like, this is what I'm about. Like Previous two parts was like, oh man, what self-worth do I discover to replace the hole in my soul that came from never having my father's love? Or how do I protect my family? How do I protect my found family? What is identity even? And now we're just at the Key Peel sketch of, yo, our gods are bitches and money. Let's do this. I mean, hey. Yeah. To each their own. Uh, So yeah, that's the first chapter out. Uh, Very much enjoying it so far. Only other thing I have to shout out is that uh, there's like a, their like fence is like a giant Hawaiian woman. Like not, not even like overweight giant, just the physically largest human being you have ever seen. And she's a giant Hawaiian woman. And I think that's fun. I think that's fun representation in this media. I hope she doesn't end up being a bad guy, but, uh, yeah, no, going great so far. Um, also the new, the Jojos, his stand is a new one. His stand is like called November rain and has a weird walking eye design. Uh, and if you hate it, if you are one of the people online who hates it, I want to publicly call you a coward. We've had so many parts of like, oh yeah, the main stands, they just look like, People, but a little fucked up like no come on let's get weird with it why not let's do it what have y'all been checking out jedi fallen order
2: yeah uh i think i mentioned a couple weeks ago that i started playing that that game played it for a while took a break because i got busy uh finally finished it a couple days ago and yeah it was fun uh like a fun metroidvania souls like game um interesting story Not, like, super complicated or original or anything, but it was a good time. Uh, The sequel comes out in a couple of weeks. I think I might get it. Okay. Uh, Like, I I had a good enough time in the first game, uh, which uh, I got for free, because it was one of the free games for PlayStation in the month of January, uh, which was, like, such a clear ploy to get people (laughs) interested in this series, like, in time for the sequel to come
0: out. Uh, but I'm a sucker, so I might might just buy it. Okay. so so you're going to buy another Souls like before you finish the other Souls like that you are like forty hours into.
2: Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order is hard, but it's not like super frustrating. Okay, the way that Elden Ring is, it's it's much more casual.
0: What uh, what what did you think of the storyline? What did you think of what was going on there? I hear it got a little weird with the Star Wars tropes.
2: Um, I don't know if it got weird with Star Wars tropes in, in the scale of Star Wars. It was pretty straightforward.
0: Okay, um, I, I, I thought I remember them introducing like a, uh not, not a Jedi master, not a Sith master, just like a Force-sensitive person who's like, yeah, no, I'm basically a Jedi, but like, I'm not about any any of uh, their like piety or that shit. I'm kind to do my own
1: thing.
2: Yeah, no, there there was a guy who was like, I was a Jedi and then we all died and I realized that being stagnant and sticking, you know, to the old ways is not the best way to go. And sometimes you got to learn to tap into the dark side to be balanced. And, and that, that's how we actually move forward by changing and being different. And that that's how we're going to defeat the empire and like make things better for everyone is by like, I don't know, having a bit of balance and just, not just sticking to tradition for no fucking reason. And then your character is like, I'm going to kill you for that. You are, you are the bad guy. And then, yeah, you kill him. And, but he's like, he's definitely coded to, to be like super evil, but none, none of the shit he says is bad. It was kind of just like, Hey, we all died because we weren't able to evolve and change. And like the world is different. So maybe we should be different all the same and uh yeah that that didn't work with the storyline i guess uh
0: that's weird um wait so can you not do any of like the cool force stuff in this game not shoot lightning
2: no your um your force abilities are pretty limited um i mean like in the scale of other star wars games uh like, it's still fun to use all of them. The trick that they come up with to introduce the RPG elements is like, oh, you went through trauma when all the Jedi died, so you lost your ability to use the Force, and you have to relearn those abilities as the game goes on, which how is how the Metroidvania shit is introduced, of, like, you don't have this Force ability, you have to go learn it and then come back to get past this point. Um uh, But you, like, heal your trauma and figure out all your force abilities, like, halfway through the game. And so the second half is just having all the same
0: shit to do. So that was a little weird. Collect these six kyber crystals, and that will help you get over your mother's drinking problem and her absence (laughs) emotionally.
2: Yeah, basically. Um,
0: Yeah,
2: you have, like, push, pull, uh, jump. Pop it yeah (laughs) twist it yeah twist it um yeah that's about it oh Uh, and you can uh slow time oh Uh, that's one of them oh yeah yeah but no you can't like choke people out or make shit blow up or shoot lightning or run real fast it's kind of dumb
1: those were rare right or no yeah
2: but like in other oh, no. star wars video games you can do all that shit <laughs> some other star wars video games you're just god you have all these like air yeah. force abilities uh-huh i mean i remember playing a star wars game when i was a kid where you could just like bring a fucking like star destroyer out of the sky yeah and slam it into the ground it was like not a thing that people could ever do
0: but I mean, you know it was fun but it's only robots, it's only droids on the inside, so you are morally absolved. Rated T for teen. Wait, except, like, one of the... Didn't one of them, one of the Star Wars movies, now be like, oh yeah, this is a different, like, respected mode of existence. Like, droids have souls. Kinda. No, droids
1: are very intelligent. Oh, yeah. Droids are sentient, like, they're aware. I don't... I don't think like that droids are necessarily... Like if they're those stupid droids, then maybe, but a lot of the droids are clearly like aware and intelligent. Speaking of, I'm watching Andor. Oh! Hey. And there's the one. What's his name? See, see what's what's the droid? Marva's droid? Um name BMO? Is it BMO? It's that, it's like BMO right? or Bevo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's he's sad. Oh. No. He's real yeah. sad right now. I'm, I'm I'm not through it I'm, I'm to the part where spoiler alert um and uh, or is escaping the prison and his mom died and now they're sad oh and there's a funeral hey and mm. they i try to trap them at the funeral you yeah
2: so does that mean you only have one episode left i'm trying to remember episodes where that two. is too okay two episodes
1: left. what the fuck andy circus can't swim <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm just, i can't swim well, what's That's, that? That wasn't like built up to be like, oh, wow, what a great sacrifice he made. It's just him going like, yeah, can't swim. All right. Bye. Like you're um, going to die. I, you're
2: alive. I, I think the point there was that, like when he said, I'm assuming that I'm already dead. Like, I don't like you guys should all kind of feel the same ways because he knew if they somehow did it, he wasn't going to make it anyway. Like most of them would probably die on the way. And if they did somehow make it out, he was going to die anyway
1: because he couldn't swim. So it didn't really matter. I don't know. That's how I read that. No, I get it. But like, I feel like it wasn't built up properly. It was it was so nonchalant at the last minute. Him just going like, can't swim. <laughs> Bye. Like, see you never. I, I, I think I don't think he expected to get to that point. Was the thing. <laughs> it was
2: that he he actually got just, there. He's like, oh, shit.
1: I just kept crawling and it just
2: kept working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then so he's like, yeah, he, he did that to get everyone out. He didn't really
1: think at all about his own personal how the, safety. How do the prison guards move around? There's going to be something. I don't know. Once again, these are writers. They have <laughs> unlimited power. They're not constrained by anything. They can I mean, write anything. They it want. would make
2: sense for there not to be any sort of like transports on the prison, other than like the one that comes to drop prisoners off in a
1: I don't know. I guess I don't know. Or something bad happens, then then um, they, die. <laughs> they die. It's a maximum security prison. It's chill. There's no big deal. I don't know. I feel like they were really like the 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 running theme was that they were so cocky because they're basic like the empire is so indestructible. Like we're at the peak of the empire's ability. So the whole point is that like they're getting real cocky. You know, like they don't care anymore.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, they right. So then why wouldn't they have like some like some weird thing that they can use to help
2: well i mean wouldn't that make sense then they wouldn't built in any sort of like additional security or safety shit because they're like nothing's ever going to go wrong they're not going to need to flee the prison
1: because it's all fine it's all good (laughs) everything's great we ain't gonna fuck up yeah i don't know it just felt less impactful to have it be like oh yeah that that guy yeah i think i remember him he was like Conspiracy theory guy, I think I don't. know. It's like, why did he make it out with Andor? Like, I didn't. He like there, there was like four other people on that team that had way more charisma than that guy. It's like, why, why is he the one that made it out? I'm so confused. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll be a thing in the next season. Oh, that'd be really disappointing. That guy was lame.
0: Uh, hey, I swap out my laundry, but you guys keep gushing about this, and eventually I'll be back to gush about Fire Emblem. Bye. It's good timing. Oh, did you yeah. ever?
2: I'm assuming you never saw Rogue One, right? The movie. I didn't, no. Okay, like is that where... what this is leading to? Y- yes. So the the idea is that the series of Andor will lead into where the movie of Rogue One is taking place, because that's where and the character of Andor, played by Diego Luna, is introduced.
1: Oh, and Andor's in the movie. He's
2: the he's like the second lead in Rogue One. <laughs> he's ah. like basically the co lead. Uh, and they
1: recast him for the show? No, it's that oh, that's the Di- actor. Yeah, same actor. Oh, okay, Di- Diego Luna. Dude, I care so little about Star Wars. You just, no, that's fine. You don't but, understand.
2: But just just like the show Andor, Rogue One never feels like a Star Wars movie. It just feels like a sci-fi
1: movie. And then
2: they, at the very end, they're like, "And Darth Vader's
1: there." I don't know. I, I think that you're exaggerating a little bit that this never feels like a Star Wars thing at all. I don't, I don't know, dude. Like in, in Mon the- Mothma politics scenes. Wow, this is so fun. I love this. This is great. I love that she's just like, oh my... My friend from my childhood needs to help me. Oh, and there's this gangster banker, and oh, I think my that storyline's interesting. And, I like that storyline. It's, it's fucking bullshit. It's the politics from the prequels, sequels that make them all suck. Like,
2: yeah, but like they made no, it more interesting. interesting.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like we, we, I could not care less about that entire plot line. Like, what? Why? Why is this in this? What is this? It's showing the main? different like angles of the rebellion. It's showing like
2: different it's called ways fucking
1: of andor it's not called the senator do good senator tries to sneakily hide 400k like what who cares who gives a shit it's oh rich senator feels bad so she tries to join the rebellion but she's funding
2: are... she's, she's got like... more than she can handle like she's like trying to take down the empire from the inside you know she was part of the fascist regime and now she's not like she's trying to to undo it while also hiding i don't know i'm not saying ever watch a political thriller like yeah it's
1: a bad political thriller i agree like yeah that's what i get what they're trying to do and yes that would exist in this universe but the show is called andor and it's much more fun to watch a guy like trying to escape all this shit who's like kind of the little guy and on the outside versus no this just establishment senator Awkwardly fumbling around, trying to cover her tracks, and like, oh, if they find me, it's going to be bad. It's like I don't. This I just, is this is so irrelevant. I just don't. I care. just I just really disagree.
2: I I think we've reached a point in that storyline, at least, where
1: we're not going to come to a common ground. What's a movie that you would closely compare Andor to? Like, what what's a what's a sort of like, I don't know, a, a prison breaky. Like whatever kind of action, adventure. Uh, you could have some heist element. Like, what what what's a movie like that? Like there's they're out there. Grand Budapest Hotel? <laughs> That's fucking great. Uh <laughs> but not not the same vibe. No, not, not, so, not even close. <laughs> sure, let's play it. In Grand Budapest Hotel, imagine if a third of the movie Grand Budapest Hotel just followed this random ass politician trying to cover her tracks as she tries to help the main characters. like but, but not directly. She never meets any of the other main characters. She's not actually trying to help them. More just like she's supporting them Generally, often the often
0: the capital. We never got <laughs> a lot of the interiority of the uh, old woman that hotel. know yeah. hotel guy was fucking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How much money was she sending to the Grand Budapest? Exactly. Well,
2: okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You want okay. Regardless of you don't like that and I do that storyline. The relevance there is that's how Luther is operating. He's. Getting money oh. from donors so that he can do all of his spy shit, like cool. he, like
1: that—that's how he's going for a <laughs> third of the show. Like, <laughs> I get that. Have a scene, cool. People know Mon Mothma. That's a name. That's a Star Wars name. Like why? 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 Why is she like a huge chunk of the show? I'm so confused. Why is it just like ah man? I'm just so sick of it every yeah. time. And this stupid, like, oh, it's a marriage and oh, the old traditions. and Well, the other, I mean,
2: like Ah. the other aspect there is like showing the culture of fascism and like how the elite handle that sort of oppressive system where they're like, yeah, no, this is fine. Like, we're safe. We're good. Like, that's that's the whole point so that we can be good. And then showing how fascist societies can oftentimes bring out like the old traditions were the best you know, follow like return to tradition, uh e- even up. how no matter how fucked up they seem because
1: we're the best people, blah blah blah. I just don't, I don't think know. it needs to be as big of an element of the show. I don't know. Uh
0: can I ask what I think is a critically important element of the TV show Andor? Sure. Yes. Does anyone ever refer to him as Andy or do they just use his Full christian name well, for the don't. entire run
1: because andor is his last name oh yeah. yeah andor is his last name They basically never refer to him as andor what's yeah. his first name but the, the bad guys sometimes call him andor yeah usually they it's... say cassian andor ah. and all of his friends call him cassian or cass
0: okay oh, okay so we do have some like uh, uh, uh more endearing nicknames going on and his okay. his
2: actual name is like casa right because he was living on like the lord of the flies planet or whatever
1: was oh, it not Cassian?
2: Well, I mean, I don't know, maybe it was. Is Cassian his Cassian Cassar's nickname. Oh, I, I thought it was just Casa. Like that was his name and then they gave him a different one that sounded like it.
1: No, no, I think it's I think it's Cassian. Oh, okay. Cassian Geron. Oh, yeah. originally a Canary boy named Casa. Ah. So, Wow, look at him being anglicized. When, yeah, when Marva eh. adopted him, she just yeah, died.
2: it was a little, it was a little weird. They're like, oh shit, this kid's here. Let's kidnap him. <laughs> the kid was dead.
1: Like the kid was as good as dead. So it's like we kidnap him or he dies. I guess we'll kidnap him. Like works for me. And he couldn't ever have been like, hey, can we go back and get my family? Like, yeah, my sister.
0: Missus dear uh i have some fire emblem updates in the bit i was able to play uh before and in between power being out um i think i messed up my team comp in the early hours and might be fucked now uh so the way this works is that if you have an emblem on a character uh they level up with that emblem and then eventually you get the option to uh inherit skills Which, in the early hours of the game, I thought... I don't really see get how the system works yet. I don't really understand what abilities are synergistic on which characters. So I'm not going to invest any of that. I'm not going to spend any resources on doing that. Um, And then I lost those emblems. And that means I can't upgrade my characters like that anymore. So now I have a lot of critical people who are... uh, kind of underpowered for where they should be in the game. Uh which is just fine. get better. It's... What was that? Just get better. Did you get better? Yeah, just get issue. better. Yeah? yeah. All right. Skill issue. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a skill. Oh boy. Just casually. Skill issue. Uh which uh yeah does tie into maybe uh, the two recent levels two boards I cleared being some of the hardest I've played in a tactical game before. Uh the first one of them being a Uh, Kind of like a mission where you're trying to escape from a captured fort. Um, And I did not play that one the way I think it was intended to. I took all of my guys and instead of spreading them out along like the two routes that are kind of available to you as you're escaping this area, just crammed them all down on one with the most offensive people in back so I couldn't get flanked. And then just inch forward forward. Uh, over the course of way too many turns to eventually win. Uh, and that was fun. Uh, and then the other one was like a Normandy-style beach assault. Uh, if, like, German outposts uh, were instead, like, giant fucked-up dragons. Uh, yeah, that 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 was also a fun one and very difficult. Uh, mostly because I also fucked up there and, like, was playing with one fewer character than when I was allotted. But, uh, yeah, that's a good time. And I am happy to announce that the Femboy has joined the squad. Uh, we're all together, gang, and going great.
2: Is the uh, Secretary of the Navy going to tell them that they're not actually a Femboy, that they're just a girl?
0: Uh, I, I I do not know. I, I don't mm. think so. I, I think the entire company is chill with this character's gender representation. Hmm. Yeah,
2: because you know we we went over this with Guilty Gear. Yeah, how oh, the uh that one dude was just like, "Hey, your gender expression is wrong."
0: I <laughs> uh, okay, Andrew. First of all, uh, Gold Lewis Dickinson's uh official position is Secretary of Defense. Defense. Okay, and he is the Navy guy's boss. Uh. And uh, no, I don't think there's a gold Lewis Dickinson equivalent in this game. Okay, uh, okay, there kind of is, but it's spread out across two different characters. (laughs) No one man should have all that power. No. No no one man should be that physically large. Yeah. All right. Uh, That takes us to the only group chat item we have going into this. Uh, The Last of Us, episode six. Did they get rid of the giraffes, or am I misremembering when that? Act, last yeah, I know the the draft is much
1: later. Yeah, the the giraffes are right before the end. Okay, yeah.
2: I mean, we we only got three episodes left, so giraffes coming soon. Question: There mark. was
1: a poster. I see the giraffe poster. I saw the giraffe bedroom? poster. And I, I did like, not. Are we getting this instead? No.
2: I've I've avoided all of the like you know next week on the Last of Us and like no, other it the, trailers. It was in and shit. her bedroom.
1: Yeah, well, went right before they had the famous. Scene that was straight out of the game. Oh, there was, was, a, a, little, giraffe yeah, was a giraffe poster. There was a draft poster in the background. But I think, like, when I listened to the podcast with Craig Mason, he said that they just did that scene like exactly from the game. Down it is. To, like, it the is. Wallpaper worth, and stuff. I
2: yeah. I, I looked it up this morning. Actually, it is exactly the same.
1: There was there was two slight lines that were differ that were different, and I can't remember what it was. But they even kept in, like, apparently the voice actress, Ashley Johnson, who originally, like, she put the emphasis, she did fucking in, like, the wrong place in the line. But they kept it because they thought, like, it kept the emotion of, like, the scene, you know, that she was kind of, like, falling apart. It didn't even, like, really make sense the way she said it. But then I guess they just told Bella Ramsey, like, also make this seem super off the cuff and cool that, like, you're falling apart and you're saying fucking at the wrong point in the sentence grammatically. But, yeah. No, no giraffes. But we saw Jackson in the first game. Unlike yeah. in the game where you only see the dam. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, I think in the first game, you, like, go past it. And, like, Tommy goes, and is like, we're going to go watch a movie. And you can, like, see it from far away. Yeah. And then in the second game, you actually are there
1: and shit. Apparently, it was a budget thing. The reason you don't mm. go to Jackson in the first game. Oh, oh. I know that. Yeah, they didn't want to I mean, that
2: game it. was delayed a lot, yeah. just like the second one.
1: Yep, they didn't want to model it, so they just <laughs> put you in a dam. Right. Communism has never looked so good. I mean, communism quite literally does work at the commune level. Like, that's what it was yeah. made for, is a small group of yeah. like 200 to 500 people. When you scale it all the way up, guess what? You're probably (laughs) going to run into some problems. Yeah, I mean, communism might even work at the single
2: country level. It's just when you reach empire level, a dozen country, multicultural, one country's in charge of everyone else kind of shit. Yeah, it might not work great. (laughs) Especially when that country was previously run by oligarchs and then still was.
0: Yeah, sneakily. I... If I recall correctly, doesn't communism also call for the eradication of religion? Which that's never in like the um, world experiments. We've never been able to distance the two at that scale. Well,
2: communism doesn't inherently call for the eradication of religion. Marx specifically was like, religion is kind of the same way where it, you know with the the power structure of capitalism. So it's it's not going to to free the mass like yeah religion is keeping the masses from freeing
1: themselves in this life marx um, is basically when he was writing was struggling against in a powerful like two giant religious powerful entities with like the orthodox and catholic churches like they're they who were political entities in and of themselves so yeah. it's more that he was fighting against an ideology in the same way he was fighting against capitalism
2: and well, so yeah like, communist china be a better
1: society if no one had religion <laughs>
2: Yeah, communist China, like, definitely made a concerted effort to not necessarily, like, ban religion, but, like, really highly discouraged it. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, and I think the one step removed from that was when, like, Maria was like, yeah, we got a multi-faith church.
1: I don't know, just being kind of like, ah, like, whatever. How many fucking religious people are left? Like, I'm sorry, but what God do you pray to? It's like, yeah, this is chill. Uh, the humans turn into mushroom no, no. zombies. None of
2: none of none of the previous religions are left. It's oh, this is all new third. religions. They've all they've all been started in the last twenty right. years. Is, There's the is Church of the Mushroom God. Yeah, exactly. Um, the the Church of I don't know anti-fungals. <laughs> well, I very opposing.
1: Yeah, religions. they're Protestants, but they're protesting the existence of mushrooms.
0: It's <laughs> nothing to do with Martin Luther or any of that. How, how was I supposed to feel about Maria as a character I couldn't quite get what the show was going for there
1: I think the show was going for her being super skeptical of Joel and not yeah the, and okay. she's so like misaligned with Joel as a character that she comes across as awful like yeah she's to just, us because she's because right. Joel
2: yeah I mean her whole thing is like the person I love most on this planet has the capacity to be a horrific person and i blame you for it like that's yeah. kind of where she's coming from like you you made my husband murder innocent people and i'm not gonna look farther into it than that like yeah, yeah.
0: it's an easy scapegoat that's for sure um and then one other chain uh one other thing i'm not sure if it's a change or not uh did go uh in the game did Joel get stabbed and that's why he's laid up for a while or was he just sick?
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> he, god no. He, it was it was much more
1: uh dramatized. He falls uh, off a balcony and
0: fucking
2: okay. gets, gets stabbed with a rebar a
1: rebar that sticks through his body. <laughs> and it's like oh he's dead. He's yeah. Dead and now. then
2: and then there's a whole like scene where he's like stumbling and shooting his way out of the university and yeah.
1: And then he collapses and then it's like how many months later and It's just Ellie hunting for herself and you kind of assume he's dead for a while until they do the whole like I need medicine and it's like wait the fuck? (laughs) The what now? I don't know what medicine cures (laughs) being completely punctured end to end by a piece of rusty rebar like well
2: the the wound itself has healed but the bacteria is there (laughs) i need to take
0: this shot
2: (laughs) you know that that's it and then he'll be and in the game he gets the shot and within like two hours he's he's walking around around.
0: Uh,
1: yeah it's pretty easy you're you're rescuing her you go from getting the shot to rescuing her in about that is a wound
2: that with today's like medicine infrastructure You'd still be laid up for weeks.
1: Yeah, if you get rushed to the hospital instantly, you're probably still spending a couple yeah. months in the she hospital. She stitched
2: think. him up with like fishing line, and then yeah. like two, two or three weeks later, gave him a single shot of penicillin.
0: <laughs> no, but in the game, he has the old man strength, which the show has pointed out. That's not real. Like, yeah, that's not, it's the opposite. Yeah,
2: they're like Joel
1: is a guy who thinks he's Joel from the video game. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> Joel has played The Last of Us, and he thinks he's that Joel, but he's not.
0: <laughs> to be fair, him snapping a dude's neck while he is stabbed in the gut—that was pretty video gamey. That was—I kind of disagree. I feel really? like Joel's
1: kind of lame. Like, Joel, oh, okay. Joel's not, and like because Craig Mason, I think, was so fascinated by the like he keeps failing the people he loves theme that he wants that to be the main through line. So he just makes Joel a fucking weakling who constantly gets beat. Like, Joel Joel hasn't won very much in this show. I
2: I think the implication there is that in the background before this, Joel has been Joel from the video game, like the fucking Terminator. Uh, But now that he is being overcome with his relationship with Ellie and he's afraid of losing her, that's making him a weak piece of shit, but but they never Our show him again. being Joel from the video game. They all just show him being basically a guy
0: who has I mean, somehow
1: survived this long. The test stuff definitely happened before Ellie. Like I don't know. I if you listen to the podcast, I think Craig Mason's really a harping a harp on the fact that he keeps failing all the people he loves. Yeah, no, um, I'm, he I am failed listening to the Tommy. Podcast. Tommy joined the Fireflies because Joel failed him. Like he failed. Tess, Sarah failed. Test obviously failed. Sarah back in the day, and now he thinks he's going to fail Ellie too. But like that, when you watch that as a show, all you see is him failing <laughs> constantly. <laughs> really, and then when you play the game, all you see is him winning. And then there's yeah. a couple of times where he gets caught. If we had gotten an episode of like in
2: between there, where it's showing yeah. all the nasty shit Joel did, like before he got to Boston. Maybe it would have been a little bit better where they're like, I mean, because like they said, Robert's terrified of you in the first episode, like everyone in the quarantine zone knows who Joel is and they know him as this unstoppable badass, but we never see him as the unstoppable badass. We just see him as the guy who gets like kind of bailed
1: out multiple times.
0: You could, could have taken out a couple of mobs on his way to that sniper in uh, yeah. the previous episode.
1: How many clipper or how many clickers have you killed at this point in the video game? Like, oh, like fifty, yeah. to a hundred. Meanwhile, we've seen like one clicker up close that got killed, <laughs> and it still killed his partner. So, yeah
2: the the one clicker he was saved by Ellie, and the other one he was saved by Tess
1: after she was already bitten. Yeah. Um, and then there was the little gymnast clicker who, uh, yeah, who baby clicker out of uh, Melanie or whatever, Melanie Linsky. I don't remember the character's name, that's uh, right.
2: Kathleen.
1: I think it was yeah, Kathleen. Sure. There you go.
0: I you
2: uh, so, like, I know we're running out of time. What What is your opinion of the show? I know we've kind of harped against it a little bit. I'm still really enjoying it. Um, I think it's still good as hell. Um, it does have its problems, obviously, but what do you guys think?
1: I'm liking it, but I do think that they're really setting up because Craig Mazin desperately wants to save the second game's narrative. <laughs> so this whole show is so focused on, like, making that narrative make more sense from Last of Us Part Two, And he's just like, wait, Neil, you're getting flamed a lot online. <laughs> I, I can save it. I can save that narrative. And they'll go, actually, Neil Druckmann was right. That was a better show. And so they're kind of sacrificing some elements of what made like the first. He's just game Grimo similar.
2: worm-tonguing him. He's like, Neil, I can make them love you again. I mean, Neil, yeah. the masses will think you're the genius you say that you are. <laughs> Neil. I, I think
1: unironically that, yeah. I you think can hit Joel in the head with a golf club and it'll make sense this time. I think they're focusing on the the themes that most line up with Last of Us Part Two. Because they want that narrative to to work, even though yeah. I personally just don't think it works. And I think that they're sacrificing, like they're taking what could have been a 10 out of 10 season of television and making it like a 9 out of 10 season of television so that hopefully season two can be an 8 out of 10.
0: I also think that those changes make the narrative of the first game a lot more cynical than what it was.
1: Yeah, I agree the- with that.
0: And like, I don't.
1: The, the game was meant to be a lot more hopeful. Right. I feel like the mm-hmm. show has gone pretty cynical with the exception of Bill and Frank's story.
0: Should we just carry it over to another uh, call? Yeah, we got more. We got, yeah. more. we got more pod here. All right. Ending. Be right back. Um. Yeah, I think... It makes it a little more cynical in a way that I, I think also reads especially different. Like, us being through the... Not kind of through the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, me being in a situation where, uh, cool, my buildings, my block is lacking like immediate, is lacking some like necessary utilities. And like, I don't know, Last of Us world, like it presents like these situations as, well, this is all going to come apart and people almost gleefully are going to leap into it. Whereas that's not, I don't know. We, we like the fascists don't take over immediately in, How these things have played out in life.
2: I yeah, it's uh, been twenty years. It's been a it's been a much different like scenario than what we've been presented with in the past. Like this is almost everyone's dead. the The only ones that survive are
0: either the strong or those protected by the strong. My argument there would be that like, cool. The Last of Us game open and the show The Last of Us opens with like. The government shooting a kid. And we didn't get anywhere close to that in the two years the uh, pandemic went on.
1: Wait, we didn't get the government killing kids?
0: Well, okay, now, like, the government killed some kids. Well, that was like unrelated to the pandemic.
1: (laughs) Our pandemic wasn't quite as deadly. Gonna throw that one out there. Death rate not quite as intense. Yeah,
2: Um, not this. The pandemic, even if we had not shut anything down, Would have killed an unacceptable amount of people, but also not even probably a percentage of the population. Um, And like, yeah, in this universe, like 80 to 90 percent of people are gone.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I just think I'm looking back at like some of the main changes that they've made. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, like you said, is it Kathleen? Like, that whole storyline was literally just to set up right? the whole thing with Part 2 and how, like, ooh, revenge is bad, huh? Like, and the things oh, we I do it, the people we love is bad. I thought it was more to set up the ending of this
2: season with Joel making the decision to save Ellie over everyone else because of the whole thing with Henry and Sam of, like, yeah. Like, Henry chose, you know, saving the person he was taking care of You know, over the, you know, the revolution and like everyone in Kansas City,
1: just like Henry's narrative, but I'm talking about Kathleen's. Kathleen's narrative is like, I'm out for revenge. And then what's his name? Perry is like, yo, we got this really bad thing happening. We should probably take care of. And she's like, nope, I only want to have revenge because revenge is the most important thing to me hey, guys, revenge is a good thing. I want revenge. And then it's like, ah, I'm getting eaten because revenge is bad. I remember
2: Craig Mazin did bring up like specifically the the second game and the inspiration for that yeah. in the podcast. He was just like, yeah, her brother was her Joel. And when her Joel died, she wanted to kill everyone else. People who have played the second game know what yeah. I'm
1: talking about. And yeah, exactly. Was like, oh, yeah. No, I'm telling you, they're just any, any main change... Is just to try to soften the blow and make the second narrative more digestible, and I, mm-hmm. I just think that they're they're hurting what could otherwise be an excellent season of TV because he, I'm I'm guessing that this might have been in their first discussion is like he went to Neil Druckmann like they talk about this meeting and he's just like I fucking love the Last of Us it's so amazing he's like oh great we're working on the second one right now and he's like cool I want to make a show about the Last of Us and he's like great. We're doing the second one how's that gonna work and he's just like well we'll see like i'll play it and then he kind of was already kind of suckered into season one and then i was like well what do we do and he's like well we gotta
0: make it work i <laughs> mean i make it work baby i mean i think neil drunken is maybe a little more uh i don't know but it isn't the right word i think that maybe this is like <laughs> Maybe this is the themes. Maybe this is what Neil Druckmann actually thought he was saying in the first of the Last of Us game. And Craig Meason, uh, Mason is just, we, we can punch up the script a little bit on lap two. We can make it more apparent so that it bleeds into the second game better. He's,
1: I He's retconning. He's going full J.K. Rowling and being like, well, because the second game was poorly received. I'm going to pretend that that was the point all along and if you liked the first game you should like the second one and it's I, your fault if you don't like it's just because
2: you're it, bad not I think you're media. extrapolating a little bit I think that there's a difference between like trying to form your script in a way so that the continuing narrative makes sense and trying to like manipulate the public perception of a different piece of media by changing your script I I don't know
1: I think you're taking it like maybe like two steps too far. They want it to be good. They I, they want this to be not a limited series. If they had done a limited series of The Last of Us and just done the first game, I think this could have been a perfect season of TV. And instead, they have weakened it a little bit so that they can try to make it more palatable when we go into season two. Because, boy, people sure do love Pedro Pascal.
2: Like. Dude, but what, what if they fucking change it? They've changed a couple of things. Not, not like they're not what, doing that shit. But no what way. if they do? How? Or or what if they kill him off in the end of this season? Like, no way, dude! Fucking, uh,
1: I I don't think that's. Uh,
2: happening. Uh, I don't. I, I, I think that. Neil what the if Ryan they kill Ellie instead? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, would make, yeah. that would be worse. Yeah, objectively, Pedro Pascal
2: go on a revenge rampage.
1: Like it was bad. That would be worse. Like I'm, and again, this is me like trying to distance myself from the shitty people that don't like the Last of Us Part Two. Like killing Ellie would be much worse than what they did. Like I don't. It, this is bullshit. I, like I, I'm not a fucking
0: misogynist because I don't like the way they treated the that story arc. I. God, if we're talking hypotheticals now, I wonder if in their uh, their second lap on the last of those part two, if they just don't do this weird like in media res structure, does that fix most of it? Does that make it better if these events are playing out concurrently, cutting between characters like TV shows that concurrent. games can yeah, uh, yeah, we okay, we, we talk no about shot that, before. they
1: do five episodes of a season and then h- harshly cut to the main bad guy and do the other five episodes like that would. What i just it, what, number, I what if it's what if craig it's Mason. not
2: five episodes of a season and then another five episodes a season what if it's 10 episodes of a season and then, and season, then three, season
1: three is the other perspective i have too much faith in craig Mason, y'all like there is no shot that season two doesn't open with the abbey origin story That we that we got halfway through Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, that that will open season two. I would be shocked if it goes any other way. Oh, I'm betting, dude. They it might be in this season.
2: Like, if we're talking about how he's trying to set this up so that season two makes better sense, what if Abby is introduced in this show? This going to be a
0: kid in the operating room watching joel kill her father yeah she
2: goes and hides in a closet or something and then sees her dad get fucking
1: shimmed Uh, yeah she's like the most sympathetic character of all time just like oh my god oh dad i love you so much we're so great all right daughter i'm gonna go operate um hey there's a window in the operating room like you want to see me kill this kid i know you want to be an operate i know you want to be a surgeon one day and continue the family business why don't you take a gander? And she's just like pounding on the window. like, no.
0: <laughs> like
1: Just find a way to make it less horrifically no. jarring. No,
2: no, no, no. The season one of the last of us ends with after the doctor's dead, you see the shoes of a little girl walking <gasps> into a weight room with the doom music playing ah! <laughs> and she hits the squat rack.
0: Uh, immediately goes to the gym. i Ultimately, though, I think I do agree more with you, Ryan, uh, than you. Sorry, Andrew, that I think, yeah, no, a lot of the changes made in this, which I think maybe just boil down to, hey, what if we crank the fucked up dial a little bit on these characters? Like, what if it's just one or two notches higher? And then, like, then that makes, like, the events of the second game uh, feel a little more uh, natural progression.
1: I feel like they're much more flawed in the show. I feel like in the game they were the perfect balance of flawed where it was like, mm-hmm. I'm so unbelievably aligned with these people. I think I think the ability to have gameplay
2: changed that though in the first game. Like, you know, we talk about Joel's, you know, toughness in the game versus the show. Like Joel had like the perfect amount of fucked upness in the game because you could see him doing all of his violence and see how capable he was and the shit that he was doing in order to achieve his goals. And you can't really have that in TV show. Cause you can't have Pedro Pascal kill 300 That's soldiers nice. and like a thousand clickers and then have him have like a heart to heart with Bella Ramsey about yeah. like, you know, staying safe and shit like that. It just, I don't know. I mean, not like, if you're a coward. <laughs> I feel I feel like there's a domino effect of like, okay, we can't have this, but we can have this. Well, because we can't have this anymore, this other thing has to change about this character. And because of that, then this other thing has to be different. But if we want to work in this other thing from the game, then we have to make sure this happens. And in order for that to happen, this other thing can't happen. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a, a chain reaction of, like, the character's place in this world
1: because the gameplay element isn't there. Go for it. I think that, like, similar to the last season of Game of Thrones, I'm just worried that I'm the first harbinger of, like, kind of having this all click a little for me and being like, guys, no. Like, I remember season one of episode uh, or episode one of season eight, we got on this and I was like, guys, that was so fucking bad. And everyone (laughs) else, like, that was good. And I was just like, you guys, we know how it ends now. Like, we know, we know what they're doing. This is this is really bad, like, I was the one ringing the alarm bell, being like, that was my least favorite episode, you guys, this is maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but like, I'm so scared right now and I'm not, and like, I still think this is a 9 out of 10 season of The Last of Us but I'm just sitting here going like, "Mm." (laughs) like, alarm bells are ringing but the the difference there is that like, we, we can see what they're
2: doing and what they're doing is not that bad like, what, what the what game of thrones was doing was you were saying i can see what they're gonna do this is gonna be so fucking bad because it was so fucking bad and the rest of us were like well just in reverse like well if it's gonna be so fucking bad then it can't be possible because this is a good show therefore you're wrong and you're like this thing is going to be not as good as it could have been but still pretty good and so it's like
0: yeah I mean, I don't know.
2: The, I'm not that concerned.
0: I think that's a valid concern, though. And that's a valid point to make when like, yeah, if if the show falls short of the high bar set by the game, that's a genuine mark against it. Or even, I don't know, like every outlet, every like entertainment outlet is really like and a lot of fans are trying to make this the best show to come out this year, the best video game adaptation, uh, whatever. And like, I don't know. I'm I'm also kind of worried that like, this is going to end up like, uh, you know, maybe this is a courtesy. Maybe this is a courtesy. It ends up being like between 10 and seven on our our top 10 list at the end of the year. I think it's going to end up higher than that.
1: But I just think that this is like, this is a nine out of 10 show that has the chance to be a perfect season of TV. And there's not many perfect seasons of tv out there mm. and i know i can name a few off the top of my head and i think that a lot of them then went on to have weaker follow-up seasons i mean but that's, is... that's the thing about perfection is that
2: like when you make something as good as it possibly can be your next thing has a very high
0: chance of being worse because it can't be better right but like that happens like more naturally right, sometimes exactly. not what I'm because saying. of this weird self-sabotage, yeah. but maybe not because it's like, oh, th- we make these changes so that the five seasons mm-hmm. we get approved are like all tops instead of oh no, I'm going to make one beautiful self-contained yeah. piece of art. Craig Mason had the opportunity to make a 10 out of 10 season one
1: and then just hope that he could it or scavenge a, a six out of ten, seven out of ten season two. And instead is trying to make like a nine out of 10 season one and maybe like an eight out of 10 season two. Maybe I found a way to work my Craig Mason magic and pull this thing off. And then my buddy Neil Druckmann won't feel bad and everything will be great. Like,
2: I, I just, I guess I'm not as concerned that they're putting in themes from what will be the second season into the first game that weren't there. Like I... I don't think it's taking away from that story. I'm not saying it's making it better. I'm not like, I, I think this is really good in a different way than the video game. I don't think that adding those themes are taking away good things from the game. I, mm. I don't know. But like, I, I also don't feel strongly enough about that opinion to to say that you're wrong. I, I definitely right. see where you're coming from.
1: I think it was just like, this is, this is a huge turning point in the game. And at this point, you're so fucking devastated at all the stuff that has happened. Like, Last of Us, the game, just kept hitting you, like, punch after punch. And you're so aligned with these characters. And I'm watching that most recent episode, and I'm like, yeah, like, this it's hitting, but it's not hitting anywhere near, like, the punch that they did. And, like, they've proven before with episode three and, like, Bill and Frank that, like, you can know the outcome of these stories, and they will still fucking hit like a train when they do it right. And I just don't, I don't know that they're hitting like a train when they're doing it right because I think that they've kind of fucked with some of the some of the character elements that have made this relationship a little different and it's not quite as relatable as like you're, you're not as able to put yourself in the shoes of Joel and it's, Ellie as, uh, as in the game because of some of the changes that they've made.
0: It's a little hard to believe that Joel fully views Ellie as his source of redemption on some level when it's plain to us. And I think Joel on some, some level, yo, Ellie, Ellie's maybe a little too gung-ho about like murdering people, about murdering zombies. That should maybe be a conversation, but... I also don't want to say that all of these changes are bad because like what they did with uh Bill and Frank, like in episode three, like that that was correct to change that, I think. Uh I think that
1: making Ellie more of a psycho in this game is again setting up for the second game. Yeah. Like they, they want her to she's not an inherently be violent person because she grew up in this inherently violent world. What um, what acts of violence does Ellie commit before Joel falls? I'm, I, I I might be missing some from the game but like before he fall like before before joel gets injured what acts of like pretty irredeemable like fucked up violence is la committing
2: oh irredeemable fucked up shit not huh. really anything there was the scene where she you know shot the guy that was strangling joel yeah but she was clearly like whoa
1: yeah I, fuck holy oh. shit i fucking murdered a dude like yeah this is, this is, this is so fucked up. Oh my God, I'm a kid. <laughs> and yeah. instead we get like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, but like, it doesn't like, it make oh. sense in in this world where like in the game, Ellie was like, hey, I'm Ellie.
2: I just like having fun. And I swear like a sailor, but I still am kind of like this innocent kid who then loses that innocence over the course yeah. of this journey. And in this world, Ellie, a teenager who grew up in the post-apocalyptic fascist uh military school is like yeah dude fucking people with guns rule
1: That's. i'm not saying that it doesn't make sense i'm saying that it makes me not as not as connected to the characters as i was in the game and it's i think why this season is falling just slightly short of that like perfect season of tv and i think they could have i but they
0: opted kind of not to uh andrew i know you haven't been paying attention to uh next on stuff uh but this is just spoilers can't really happen in this because it's based on a game that we've all played. I really think they're setting up that like, instead of uh, Ellie finding out that she's immune uh, through the DLC story with Riley, I think in the show, she's going to like, she's going to ice Riley. Like that's, that's her first kill. Like that's the trajectory of being fucked up instead. And well, I,
2: I, yeah, I think they're setting it up where like, you know, they get infected and then like Ellie's the one that puts Riley down.
0: Yeah. like Like that i don't know how i feel about that change i mean but that's in fact what happens that was
2: kind of i mean it that must have happened in the game right like ellie didn't turn and riley did so either riley or either ellie then like shot her or she just left her there so i don't know
0: important difference i think um we're getting a little long in the tooth though uh ryan i gotta hear that what are your what are the perfect seasons of tv Oh, I think Stranger Things season one. That's definitely like a perfect season.
1: I mm. think Westworld season one. Uh, again, like these are these are two shows that I think came out. They told a 10 out of 10 story. Didn't give a fuck about setting up anything else. And then as a result, kind of struggled out of the gate after that. And that's OK. There's That's fine. Um, I think a lot of limited series obviously end up being more perfect seasons of TV. Yeah. I think that like Chernobyl, like Band of Brothers, some of that stuff that's yeah. designed for one season ends up being a perfect season you're kind I of like, like telling you're, you're breaking Bad season four.
2: Oh, like mm-hmm. that's that's way up there in those limited series though you're basically just making like a a six to ten hour movie right and like i think that is a really good length to tell a story i feel like sometimes movies condense what doesn't need to be condensed so
1: yeah i think having a lot changed between seasons is important for a narrative because yeah like at the end of the day i think a season is a good amount for the human brain to really like live in this world so those are are just off the top of my head some perfect seasons but i mean and they're also dramas they're all dramas perfect comedy is a little harder to pull off i think
2: kind of unrelated question but it's something that i've thought about for a while you too would probably know a lot more about this than i would do you think a lot of you know, like quote unquote, like high level television come out in the, you know, 10 hour range for a season for like a specific reason? Is it just because that's how it's been done before? Or is there like a scientific reason of like, you know, that level of story is, is like the right amount to tell for us to absorb?
1: I think it's because the Sopranos did it. Yeah, that model kind of came with like prestige TV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Historically in broadcast, you get 22 to 25 episodes per season. A new show would get 13 and then they would cut it down. But yeah, I think that like with the advent of prestige TV and like HBO and Showtime and like some of these more like even before the invention of streaming, the idea that like having this more limited scope of the story kind of made it more eventized more
0: Mm.
1: yeah more prestige which is and then when house of cards came out on netflix that was 10 and it was kind of like okay this cemented like and when you're doing a binge model you also kind of want to like keep it shorter like
2: yeah because what yeah whether you're binging it or you know like just watching it week by week i feel like 20 to 24 weeks is just It's too long for people to keep their attention span. But like Lucas, like what you said, shows like The Wire and The Sopranos did it like that and it was successful. And then so I think everyone just kind of wanted to copy that,
0: Uh, which is also why I'm always like tripped up whenever I go back to community episodes on Netflix, because I think that was one of the last like widely popular shows. And granted, this is a comedy to have like, oh, there were. 24 episodes in a season and I can't remember like which episodes are from which one because it all just blurs together at this point. You're watching Abbott elementary, aren't you? I watched the first season. Yeah.
1: Oh, you're not watching season two. I, I, I should. I was going to say, cause they're doing a full 22.
0: They got a 20. Oh, yeah. good for them.
1: I mean, it's network. Yeah. yeah. Broad- broadcast shows. You need to fill programming. Yeah. It's, it's more about that than anything. And I think you just, you live with the characters a lot more with that episode order. And there's going to be episodes that are slower But if you're a prestige show that's kind of angling for like Emmys and shit like that, then you don't want the voters to be watching this episode where, yeah, they're all fucking trapped in a room and they're just dicking around. Like you, you want there to be pretty much nonstop heart palpitations. That's what's going to win. So if you want it to be good,
0: make less of it.
1: I mean, kind of, you know, like there's definitely an optimal amount. I think at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's literally just, that's what prestige is the same way that like letterboxing the aspect ratio so that you narrow. <laughs> now it looks nice. Now it looks cinematic. Like we don't really know why other than like, that's how it is. Like,
2: I wonder if that's like an evolutionary thing, like some sort of like previous animal brain vision retention thing. I don't know.
1: I think that it's is... just tradition. I, I think that like, it's impossible for us to remove it, especially with the letterboxing thing, just because that's the the aspect ratio of movies. So when your TV show narrows the frame it's like oh i'm it's like i'm watching a movie kind of but it's a tv show Ooh, this tv shows feel so fancy now
2: jade and i are watching uh the mandalorian we just started season two and at the end of the episode that happens where like he's riding off on his space motorcycle and the aspect ratio just shrinks in letterboxes and yeah we just fucking cackled just,
0: Andrew, like, ah, oh, they're doing the thing. <laughs> Andrew, can I ask you a quick Mando question? Sure. Uh, okay, so I haven't seen this yet. I haven't seen season one. I've seen a couple of billboards, though. Do do they give Baby Yoda a gun? They
2: do not give Baby Yoda a gun.
0: I think no, Baby Yoda three? should have a gun. Wait, <laughs> did you
2: see a poster with him holding a gun?
0: It looked like it. <laughs> I, I was driving. I saw a billboard out of the corner of my eye, and, like, it kind of looked like Baby Yoda had a gun. And I'm his, like, oh, this his is radish. hands shit are r-
1: real small. He can't hold anything. <laughs> Season three coming soon. He's going to have a baby gun.
0: And now we finally found the title of the episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in to episode 215 of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast. This will be out whenever I have the electricity to edit it. If you like what you heard, like, comment, subscribe, et cetera. Uh, shout outs to our patrons Tiffany Cole, Sucky Badger, Central, Richard Nixon. Follow us on Twitter at v2 underscore podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Lucas De Writer, where you can keep up with everything I'm doing. A couple of articles in the works still, and I have a live stream coming up with the terrific Kate Sanchez of But Why Though, uh, where we're going to talk about a lot of po- a lot of popular shonen and shojo manga and anime uh, that's coming out uh, midday on Wednesday of this week. Um... But yeah, have a good one. Uh, I I hope you all have power and heat unlike me and are doing well. Goodbye.